So welcome back everybody. Once again, um, we finished off with uh, Margaret sharing about Nick um, passing on to go home to be with Jesus in our last um, section. And that apparently was uh, about 10 years ago now. So um, I guess as we kind of look now and reflect upon these last uh, 10 years, sort of since that time now uh, as a single woman again and um, a widower, I guess that, um, that uh, I don't know, what does that look like for your life now, I suppose, Margaret, and how do you spend your time? And what, yes, it's a very, very different perspective of life. When Nick died, I was previously already diagnosed with lymphoma, and that was in the year 2002 when I had to stop work because I was constantly so exhausted and then the tests came and, and the chemo came in 2002 for three months and again in 2005 and again in 2007. But I I'm felt not worried about it. I remember the verse from Psalm 31, verse 15, your time is in my hands. And that's what I kept remi reminding myself of. It doesn't matter what happens to me because God knows the future. Mm. So this whole lymphoma business, it's debilitating, yes, but it never played a big role in my life. I was always more concerned about Nick and the children. So then when Nick passed away, it was quite a big change. And suddenly in being the carer, in doing everything, things changed. And I thought, well, Lord, what do I do with my time now? Well, first of all, I didn't want to stay in that same place at all. Uh, too traumatic in many moments that Nick was trying to do things in the garage with woodwork and it couldn't, he couldn't do it. So Paul and I heard one Sunday that there were two houses available at Warina Valley on Reservoir Road. And because we had been involved with Warina Homes as teenagers, uh, I was making trading tables and stuff, um, we went there and we found out what numbers they were. The Monday I met Will Vastra, who was the treasurer. No, he wasn't a treasurer, but he was a second device of management and um, he also was a long-term member of our church. Uh, so we went to have a look, yes, one near the road, no that's too close, mum, too noisy, we'll go to the one further up, that's more isolated and uh, he, Paul also said, mum, you have still got so much potential and you love craft and doing things what about if we just move everything over, we'll sign the papers, put the house on the market. And that's what we did the following Monday. <laughs> 10 o'clock, we signed our name. Uh, so that, that was just such a blessing mm. uh, because I felt safe there. Mm -hmm. uh, and our pool was close by, only less than five minutes away. So th that was really beautiful. It's a lovely community, isn't it? A gated community. A gated it's a community. Safe place and, yeah. and the majority yeah. of them then were all Christians, right. which was beautiful. We had a fellowship every fortnight and other activities. But it was just somewhere where I could use 
and do all the books that next door had. I, I brought everything over. And over the years, I've been sorting that out, sending them to different people with different interests and hobbies, uh, keeping some for the grandchildren. Mm. Um, and then one day, I walked around. We all, our church had always done shoeboxes. But then I walked around and found out that the warehouse was only across... Mm. Suburb away, wasn't it? Holden Hill there on Holden Grand Junction Hill. Road. Yeah. On Grand Junction yeah. Road. Yeah. So I went there and introduced myself. Oh, yes, you're welcome. And that's how I just started on, on, on the production line and got more involved in it and, and probably getting more carried away with that <laughs> because I thought, oh, I can do that, I can do that. And then we moved to Hendon with Samaritan Purse because it was cheaper to rent it for six weeks than for a whole year rent of a warehouse. And uh, then I went onto the state committee, became more involved with other groups and met a lovely, lovely group of women mm. who all work for the Lord, who encourage groups to do boxes, who encourage others to make things. And then I thought, well, how can I do that? I, I haven't got much. Um, the house... And that was another ma amazing thing. The cost of this house that I'm in now was exactly the selling price of my Hope Valley property. There you go. There you go. So that was God's answer. Mm, provision. His provision, because it took a long time to sell the house. Mm -hmm. So, but that was all yeah, in hands. God's mm. hands. It, it, it was just so amazing how we could see the pointers of God mm. pointing us uh, to do that and Paul in everything I did he always supported me or he helped me uh, so I set, started setting up uh, a type of warehouse in my own house <laughs> with shelving and so that all the six bases of the project Samaritan Purse and the boxes were covered so now throughout the year I sew, I knit, I crochet whatever we can make ourselves I make myself other people will buy, but for each individual, we have a free choice, and I can do much more by making things myself, talking to other people about it. Our church boxes have increased over the years, uh, and now with our older generation who can't do boxes anymore, they'll just say, Margaret, how much is the contents of that box and the $10 and I tell them, and they said, would you do a box for me? So I've got a whole lot of older people still doing a box. Mm. So when I've got their box ready, they'll tell me if they want a boy or a girl, what age group, then I'll put it all in a basket and go and visit them. When Paul drops me off and I'll show them what I've actually put in the box. Yeah, so it's not a foreign thing. Mm. They can feel and touch uh, because there's some are very particular. They want... A girl of 14, everything in red. Right. <laughs> so, and, and that's good, because yeah. now it's throughout the year, I can start looking yeah. already out for her. Mm -hmm. All right, red's good, put that aside for her. Mm -hmm. Put that one, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, we get a lot of material from Actel and from other warehouses. And then when material arrives, Corinne, the manager, allows us to pick whatever we want, whatever we think is useful. The same with hand-me-down walls, leftover bits of walls. We can make beanies, all sorts. 
So that has really taken mm. up a large part of my life. And it's different each year. This year I'm using up all my craft supplies to use craft bags. Mm. Then it will go into hair bags for girls. Um, boys need special attention because 10 to 14 year old boys need something more than soap and hygiene in a car. <laughs> so I've been looking at magnifying glasses, um, set squares, mm -hmm. uh, any type of science packets with, with the science projects uh, so that the 10 to 14 year old boys are encouraged uh, when they get it because we don't know beforehand where they are going to go. Mm -hmm. So we just concentrate on on the boxes. So between Paul and me we do a hundred boxes ourselves mm -hmm. and then the rest of the stock I keep on producing and making for the backup of the hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of the hospital. The hospital for Samaritan Purse means a room set aside for all boxes that are too big have to be cut down, mm -hmm. but we're not allowed to take out anything out, so we try and make an A4 box and then use our fingernails that are non-existent to put everything in. Put it in. all back in. Mm -hmm. This year the soccer balls have been very, very good. Yeah. Lots of soccer balls in and then they send them straight to the hospital. Margaret, you'll know what to do because each box still we would love to give them stationery for schooling so they can go to school which is two exercise books, pencils, colour pencils, draw, uh, ruler, uh, pencil, sharpener and a rubber. And they go into the homemade pencil cases. Then we have the hygiene, that I make little hygiene bags out of uh, curtain material with a flannel that I've crocheted, soap, toothbrush, comb, etc. So that go is another little bag that goes in. Then there's always a tennis ball and a beanie that I want to put in and anything unusual mm. I can find in the shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes, I'm afraid to say that that has really taken up my time. But already way back in 2002, uh, no, when I came to Adelaide in 19... 98, 99, my sister was at BSF in Edwardstown and she said, Margaret, you would love this. So despite no duty, I still went to the lectures at uh, Uniting Church in Modbury there and sometimes I was trying to keep my eyes open and listening. Uh, at first I used to do them with Nick. Nick, come on, tell me in English, how do I put this properly? <laughs> uh, I know what I want to answer, but I can't put it properly. Say it. Yep. So, yes, and I've still got all those folders, but I feel I can't get, get rid uh, of them. How I many years have you been at BSF now? Well, since... What do you say? 20... Oh, no, 1989. Yeah, well, well. Because I've had Rochelle as my leader mm. when we did a Corinthians and Ruth as a pilot program. Okay. Yes. So I think Genesis is the third time round, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's all different. Mm, it is time. all different. You would have seen some changes in that time. I know uh, one of the blessings that I uh, have found, I've only been at BSF for two years, mm -hmm. but um, I love the intergenerational groups that they put yes. us in, and that's one of the blessings and how I've really come to know you is because we were put in the same group this last yes. year. And, you know, we get the young ones and the in-between ones and the older ones and everything in between, yeah. really, don't we? And that's been the, 
Oh, the, the wonderful blessing, I think, of the wisdom of some of you, you yes. older ladies, as well as... You but know. I love the younger ones because I can so understand how I was struggling in Geelong with three little kids yes. on my own. And I, I know what it feels like if you don't have enough money to, to get your first kid to, to the Lutheran school, and, and it was cap and blazers in those yes. days. Yes. So I really prefer it when it's old and young. Because also I feel, as as an older person, uh, you can't comprehend all the changes that are going on now. And and for the younger people, it, it's so much harder mm. to make do, but also so much more is expected of them from their children. They go to different primary schools and all these other rules that must be an enormous pressure on their home life. Mm -hmm. And if then you, we have a Chinese person there or other, and I, I really feel so sorry for them from a different background mm -hmm. because I know the struggles you have with a new environment, uh, new different ways of eating, different ways of food buying. Mm. Uh, and is it, mm. it all inspires you to be there for them. And... Uh, I, I really hope that now I'm not even driving, but I still hope that I, till my dying day, I can keep going to BSF. Mm -hmm. And the same with uh, people say, oh, Margaret, you do too much. I said, well, I'd rather have the Lord take me home in when I'm doing things for him than sitting there twiddling my thumbs, <laughs> Mindlessly wait, waiting. Waiting, <laughs> waiting for him to call me home. That's right, that's right. Because, you see, we are called to serve. Mm -hmm. And everybody can do it in their own way. The Lord doesn't set a set program. You've got to follow this rule or that. Mm. No, we can serve the Lord wholeheartedly mm. with the gifts. And that may diminish over the years. Mm -hmm. But the joy of the Lord is still there. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. The, the thankfulness we can see mm. in all these things. Mm. Yeah, I and I that. think that is so important. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've got different memories of celebrating old and new, new year. And I said to our pastor, on New Year's Eve, my father got the family together at late in the evening, quarter to 12, if we were doing games, sit around the table. We read Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all within me. Bless his holy name. And then he prayed, and then we quietly waited for the 12 mm, to come. Mm -hmm. And that... and. Several pastors I've had over the years that have taken that as a, as their <laughs> their first their psalm now for New Year's mm, Eve. Mm. But you see, in Holland we used to go to church on New Year's Eve, and while we did here, no, they don't. So no church on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, mm -hmm. to to thank the Lord for and pray for a new year. Mm. We don't have two services on Christmas. We don't have a service on second day of Christmas. Mm -hmm. All these changes mm, yeah. I find hard to comprehend. Mm, you've seen a lot of things over your life, haven't and you? And it yeah. has all changed so much, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if it is for the better. <laughs> Maybe not. I think that's a good place for us to wrap up um, this section, and then we're going to come back for one final uh, segment where we might ask some uh, questions of Margaret, seeking some of her wisdom and the things that she's oh. learnt through her life. <laughs> Thanks, I don't everyone. have wisdom. <laughs>